what's really going on back again with another episode season three episode nine once again it is Noah Lyons joining you with Henry Woods and Mackenzie Marshall for the what's really going on podcast before we get into all the latest news with politics culture and entertainment be sure to follow us on all of our social media that includes uh, Instagram Twitter and TikTok at WRGOPod be sure to like listen and subscribe on all of our streaming platforms that includes SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where our numbers are going up tremendously. So thank you for all the listeners there. Mackenzie and Henry, happy Women's History Month as we're recording on March 1st. How are you guys? No, um, I'm good. And I'm happy we're closer to spring. Shout out to Women's History Month. Um, But yeah, no, I'm doing good. We had a snow day um, a few days ago, and now it's the sun is out, was out today. So yeah. Apparently the weather is like jumping like 40 degrees in like a span of two yeah. days in New York. Yeah. Is that true? No, it is like this weekend. It was like 20 degrees. And then now today it was like 40 degrees. Yesterday was like a snowstorm, but it wasn't really bad storm. But yeah. There we go. Henry, how are you? I'm good, man. I just turned 28. So I'm close to 30. It's, it's getting scary out here, man. Henry is the AARP member of the group. So you are the oldest. Yeah, yeah you are. I am. I'm the oldest. Can you can you give us 27-year-olds a glimpse of how 28 feels so far? You are so funny, bro. Life responsibility. I would say, like, um, I was talking to my therapist earlier, and I just feel like I'm in this like space of like evolving to that next level because my mom used to always like tell me like maybe god isn't blessing you with what you want because you're not ready for it or whatever and like you know how you have to prepare to get ready i'm just trying to prepare for the next stage of life you know like starting a family maybe settling down building my business and continuing to grow my career with kids why are you making that face Oh, well, you let us serious. you let us know. Yeah, you let us yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> this is a different <laughs> looks, tone than I was expecting. <laughs> you know what, Henry? All that looks good on you. Okay, right. that looks. Bro, fast. y'all be so funny. We actually, actually, for people in the comments, for the random people who do comment, I'm actually going to put this on YouTube. Can you let me know who the bully of the group is? Because Henry apparently <laughs> in our private text yes. messages, and Who's the I think bu- most you most listeners would probably take another turn. But I'm not going to foresee anything, given the fact that Henry also be wilding out at me and Mackenzie in yeah. our private text messages. Uh, anywho, so let's get into the first let's political conversation. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so the first question that I wanted to pose to you guys, I think this has been a conversation that has been happening in politics that I have been hearing, but no one has kind of been very public about it, but I wanted to get your take on it. Um, the question is, is the conversation about uh, Biden's age fair? So there was a recent AP News poll that came out that said that 37% of Democrats say that they want Biden to seek a second term. Obviously, that's not where Biden would want it to be. Um, in a recent uh, poll, many suggested that his age, which is 80, may be a liability. So when Biden took office at 78, he took office as the oldest president in the United States. Worth context that when Trump took office in 2016, he was the second oldest currently at 70. And he would also be up there uh, in age if he were to win re-election in 2024. So I think the question that I have to ask you all is, is the conversation about um, Biden's age fair? Is it a conversation that should be had? Mackenzie? 
I think so. I think it is a conversation that needs to be had. Um, ageism, I mean, in the real world, I understand mm -hmm. it. Like, I understand it, it. Ageism is a situation where I feel like uh, it's a it's a case Touchy. by case situation. Uh, yeah. It's a case by case situation. Like, I do think that there are certain jobs and occupations that, you know, you should be younger, you should be more fit, maybe you have to lift things like certain things that I just feel like you should be a certain age, and maybe sometimes a certain stature, or a health. And I think with his age, like if we really put it into context, like some of us don't even have grandparents as old as he or I have a grandparent who is as, his age as well. And I can't even imagine my grandparents. Yeah, but you want them being president? <laughs> yeah. Like if you put it in those type of contexts, that's like, um, yeah, I don't know. But with that with the age cutoff, I don't know what age we would cut it off at, like what we would say and what could be the age that's like yeah. you're no longer fit to be the president because then that has so many open-ended things that can go into that as well. So, but I do think it is a fair conversation because it's not even just about his age. I think it's also about his overall health. Um, mm -hmm. And if he's able to just withstand the stress of presidency at his age as well. Yeah, and Henry, before we get your thoughts, I think it's a it's a multitude of things. I think it's a matter of like, I don't think there's necessarily an age limit that we should have on elected officials, but I think it is a fair question when it gets to, obviously it's not good for the country to have a president die in office. I just don't think that's a good position to be in. And increased age increases the likelihood of that. If Biden wins re-election, he would be 80. And if he saw out a full term, he would be 84. But then I think the question that it gets to is, um, if put in the right context, what would happen if we had a president who wasn't, you know, honest about their health issues, i.e. Trump? What if he had a bunch of health issues and he was just like, fuck it, I'm not going to say shit. Um, and I'm just going to run the country at whatever mental, physical state that I'm at. Um, but Henry, do you think it's a fair conversation to have? Um... <laughs> I mean, yes, because like who wants an 80 year old man running the country? Like you should be well retired. <laughs> um, it's just unfortunate with the stakes at play, you know. It's like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. It's it sucks. I don't want the media to like use just the littlest, smallest things they can to kind of like just corrupt his chances mm -hmm. i guess so it, it's like a it's not a conversation i want to be publicized for real is it a fair conversation for sure like he's definitely older in age he definitely may have some health concerns which i think he's like let us know uh you know what yeah i mean and, and i think that's the, that's the, i think the thing it's all about context where it's like as of now biden has seemed like he's up to the job and he seemed like he's energized for the job and has done everything correctly um but I think to Mackenzie's point, I think it just raises the question. I don't think it's unfair to have the conversation of can you handle the physical demands of this ultimately demanding job? I don't think that's necessarily unfair. Um, that's just kind of the conversation that happens when taking this job. It's kind of like, yeah, if you were required to be a physical athlete of some sort, and if you were a little bit older, people would say, hey, can your body handle the demands of this physically demanding job? And I think... They I did, think there's though, a way right? to have it. Yeah, that? Say, don't you have to, yeah, they do, did, like, though, right? For what's his name that just retired? Like it was his, the whole conversation was he was old trying to play football. You remember Peyton Manning? Mm -hmm. Don't get me to guess football players. 
The one that was married to talking about Tom Brady. Yeah, oh, Tom Brady. Tom I said Peyton Manny. Listen, I am not the sports person. WRGO Sports Pod coming soon. <laughs> but and that was a fair conversation. Are you able physically able to withstand this Hold position up. and yeah. do the job? Like you are older, so I yeah, mean, and I think to I think to your point, Henry, I think it can't be done in a way that's like that already has a conclusion baked into it. Where it's like Biden's 80, therefore he can't do this. It's like, I don't, I think too many people come at it from like, I'm asking the question because I already have an answer that I want you to get to. I think it's like, you have to ask the question of Biden and he has to prove that like, hey, here are all the ways that I am energized and that here's my physical health and I'm releasing my physicals. And yeah, it's like, you get the benefit of the doubt, but it's not, you shouldn't like scoff at the question because that's fair you're in a you're a public official asking for office and if the people feel like hey this is a liability which i mean it is it is a liability to have an 80 year old serve in office biden would be the oldest president this doesn't happen for a this doesn't happen often um so i think it's a fair question but henry what, what were you saying but i think you can't like presume that like he's like like on the brink or something like that oh i was just saying give brother benefit of the doubt that's it um but like, I guess while we're talking about this, my mind is just wondering, like, he knows he's old, but like in his head, does he think he's like the champion saving us by continuing to run or like? No, I feel like you just as a president, you want to serve two terms, right? I think most people in power who are rich and powerful don't want to just say, you know what? I'm not going to bet on myself. Yeah. And yeah, I often like America just doesn't have one-term presidents. So I think he's also just like, this is my legacy. If I'm a two-term president, I can deal with the rest of it. Um, but also it's like what at any job or any position, what rich, powerful person is going to be like, you know what? I don't want power. Not that doesn't happen. It's often. Right there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Um, whatever. Yeah. I don't see him stepping down. Like, the only way yeah. I feel he's like already he's already said as much like I'm I'm running and yeah it just is what it is um so moving on to the next conversation this would be a little bit different uh, but I want to have this conversation in a fascinating way uh so there's a mortgage uh demand uh question that we have in the doc um with regards to does this open the door for homeowners or is it still too much so mortgage applications dropped six percent uh last week and the volume is sitting at a 28 year low some have called Biden to address the nation's housing crisis estimates include that the U.S. is short as as many five million units to meet the affordable housing need. Uh, also pointed out that 11 million households spend more than 50% of their income on rent. The question that I want to ask you all as people who live in major cities, I live in DC, Mackenzie's in New York, Henry is in Atlanta. Um, I think the question is, is kind of like, how do young people like ourselves who kind of want to move forward with kind of this ideal way of moving, whether it be kind of home ownership or family or family and then home ownership and children and all of that stuff, what does that look like, I think, in this age where I think the cost of stuff is just now so high, but necessarily wages aren't matching that? Um, I think that personally has led to a difference in how people think about future. <laughs> um, but I am curious um, what you all think um, about that, because I just think it's an interesting conversation of like what happens when all of us 20 somethings eventually become 30 and 40. And what does that look like? And I think when we age even more. I think it's just going to be a different way of quote unquote what adulthood looks like, partly because the finances of these things are just so complex now. I mean, I think we're already seeing that to one degree or another. And then on top of that, like 
us as a society like operate different so like let's say like two parent households i think this is just my personal perspective i think that might decrease and then with that if you don't have two people in the household contributing then the overall household income is lower so like buying mm-hmm. a home and like building a life <laughs> outside of like the wages we make um it, it becomes a scary thought thought especially a person who's like super ambitious and wants to conquer the world <laughs> uh i think about what am i gonna be looking like at 40 and then like you know you see people like some people in our age group that have purchased homes and like you wonder like what the leg up is and then like you get into the intricacy of it and it's like a it's a circumstance type of situation that uh at least again from my perspective so it's just i don't know it's it's almost scary to think like dang rent's about to go up <clears throat> i'm gonna keep yeah. having to pay am i gonna get a raise this year like those questions yeah, Mackenzie, especially especially for you as someone who lives in New York, where I feel like my grandmother grew up in New York and I didn't know that many people who were in their, you know, 20s and 30s who stayed in New York past a certain point because they were just like, okay, I've got what else is there for me to really do here? Um, but how do you see it as someone who lives in, you know, the most expensive city in the world? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I definitely believe I'm gonna own a home. Now, is it in New York? Probably not. I mean, I would love to own a brownstone here yeah. and live the city life or whatever, but it, it has gotten to a point for a long time. New York has always been expensive, but just like the thought of home ownership, because I know people whose parents moved here, bought a home in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And even not that that long ago in the grand scheme of things was significantly more cheaper to buy a home then than yeah. it is now. So just the idea is crazy, but I definitely believe that I'm going to own a home. Um, I see myself, I I grew up in a home, so that's just what I'm used to. And that's what I want to provide for my family too. But when Henry, when you mentioned like other people in different cities, I also have to always remind myself, like if you're not in a major city, it's just different because I just feel like, you know, like I can't compare people buying a home in Texas when I live in New York. Like I can't, that's yeah. just unfair and unrealistic. So it's just also about, I think for me, when I, as I get older, just realizing like what's important to me in like my home life. Like, do I really care about maybe walkable cities and stuff where I can walk to things or do I want to be in the suburbs and have so much space and I have my own like acres or whatever, just realizing like what's important to me. Because even when I do go to different places and stuff the conveniences of new york like even simply if i forget to buy something at the grocery store instead of getting my car i can just go downstairs go to the little store and grab something real quick and when i leave and realize that i have to do so many other things to get that it's just pros and cons in each city so when i think of like home ownership and where and what that looks like it I don't know. Cause you know, some people in New York, they buy condos instead of homes. Would I be okay with buying a home or a condo, which to me is like an apartment. Um, but yeah. yeah, it just depends on what I really am interested in. DC is doing that too. Actually. A lot of people I know have actually bought some condos in DC, which um, to each his own. It really, like I said, depends on what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as someone who lives in DC, and it's funny, I was literally like looking at this earlier today just to like poke around. And I think, 
it's, you know, the three of us, I think, have the privilege of being well-earning young Black people in our late to mid-20s, um, whereas other people might not have that luxury. So I was kind of thinking of, like, what if I wasn't, quote-unquote, making the money that I'm making or having a salary job that allows me the certain privileges that I do? What if I was an hourly, you know, what if I was making an hourly wage? Or what if I was making, you know, two-thirds of what I make today? What would I do? Um, and then you kind of then understand how so many people are spending 50% of their income on rent. <laughs> and it's like that to me, it's not about like what we're going to do, because I think we're kind of like the, we're like the level above the average person, or we're not kind of the majority of folks, but it's like, um, what would the average person who's, who just happens to be born in Atlanta, who still lives in Atlanta and who might've gotten a college degree might not, and is having who has a good job, but not a great job that has a super high earning potential that doesn't raise their income significantly every year. What does that person do? Um, and to so me, that's kind really of the thing where it seems like the only houses that are being built or sold are these like huge houses with a huge mortgage. And it's like either that or nothing. <laughs> no, like for me, when I was speaking, that, that's where I was speaking from, because like ironically today in one of the group chats that I'm in, somebody dropped this like uh like city pole basically because the elite class of atlanta is attempting to make their own city oh buckhead yeah they're trying to branch off basically because if they were to do that then like wages house housing costs gerrymandering so on is city politics um it's, it was a lot. So, like, for me, I was, like, think, looking at it, and it was, like, if they were to do that, like, the median e income would be, like, 140-something thousand versus, like, Atlanta's population. And, again, it was, like, Atlanta population. Not where I stayed in Cobb County, not, like, metropolitan Atlanta. It was, like, Fulton County. The median income was, like, 55-something. Mm -hmm. And I was just, like what <laughs> because atlanta has gotten to become like it used to be one of those major cities like oh i can live here and it's affordable it's not like no, it's that not, anymore it's not like that anymore. it's definitely not like that anymore so like it's just it's so it is interesting to see how like noah said people we're privileged <laughs> you know what i'm saying and then even the other day i telling myself like hmm, it might be time to go look at that master's because like what is the uh, capability of my earning degree if I really don't become a successful business owner <laughs> so like you know what I'm saying even then we have certain uh, uh, points to where our salary taps so like with considering all of that and then putting in perspective of like a normal regular person who you know, they maybe didn't have the ambition to go to college. They got a regular job and they're just hustling and bustling. But like, what does that, it like, again, 10, 15, 20 year mark look like? Because, bro, like. I mean, really that's when I think that there would have to be like policies that come in because it's like. It seems like it. Historically, you know, people would move to the south because it was cheaper but after the pandemic that kind of like washed that away like especially sure with work from home work, yeah yeah working from yeah. home that kind of like blew that out of the water so if you can't go to the south you can't really go on the coast you can't really go northeast the only thing really left is like the mill the midwest or whatever but then 
that's when I said policy has to really come in because, you know, like it's just getting to a point or like the housing market would implode or it's just going to come to like housing is truly a luxury. And that shouldn't be like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's part of the I American think that's dream. probably the like, way it's, I think that's the way it's going to be where it's like at a certain point, some people are just going to say, hey, I can't buy a home. And mm -hmm. what does that yeah. mean? Or yeah. um, like. I don't really see that many places that are just offering smaller homes. It's either like you have a huge house or you rent an apartment. It's not like there's no middle ground, which is what I think this article that we'll tweet out with sharing was like, there's not, there's not a lot of like starter homes anymore where it's like a, you mm -hmm. know, a home that has, that's not huge, but has a couple bedrooms. And that's just kind of it, a place for middle-class people to start families. That's there's not really that much of that anymore. Because the houses that used to be that are then being bought, bulldozed, and then now they're becoming like, you know, like where you live in, in Brooklyn, Mackenzie. There are tons of buildings that used to be super old that people bought out and now are, you know, now people are charging, what, $2,000, $2,500 for yeah. rent and shit like or that. Or corporations. So like, corporations mm -hmm. are also buying up properties, too, and then just renting them out to people instead of, like, selling them. And that's why, once again, policy has to come in to stop them from doing that. So yeah, like, I wonder what that would be. Everything on the head, because like I feel like in America, it's like becoming uberly capitalistic, if that makes sense. Like everything is a tax, and then because of social media, everything is luxury. So like, there's no regular, you know, there's no startup homes, as Noah said, uh, and then and like poly, we talk about policy, but I I wanted to ask this too because. Isn't there like a, like, let's just say rent taps and increase or whatever. DC has like a 10%, like you can't raise it more than 10% each year or something like that, right? It's kind of tricky because I know like where I used to live in Montgomery County, they have a rent cap, but the way they do it and the way that I think the federal government to, McKen to you and Mackenzie's point needs to step in is that places will offer you a renewal within 60 days. And then it's almost like if you have the money to fight it, you have to then risk a lot of shit. Like where my, before I moved here, my rent increase was 12.6, which was above the Montgomery County standard thing. And they say, hey, if you want to fight this, you can, but we're sending you the renewal letter at 75 days out. You have till 60 days to let us know. <laughs> so it's like the buildings aren't, they're following the law, but they're not giving you an actual, a reasonable time window to actually apply that. So I think it's like there needs to be some hard and firm law of whether that's like the government is going to incentivize new homeowners just a lot, given a certain income to say, hey, we'll help you on your first home purchase or we'll help you with the mortgage up to this amount per year. Or if you're living in this community, this county, you cannot literally raise your rent beyond this number. Hard cap, no ifs, ands or buts. Um, that's the only way I can see that working, but it seems like people are just naturally going to get squeezed out. But I don't know, because then that would incentivize them to continue to do gerrymandering and somewhat of a like segregation type of thing to where like you build certain communities for certain persons and you box them in there, which but is that's already like, happening now. <laughs> that's the thing that's already yeah. happening now just by price point. I mean, no, hundred percent we don't come from money. Like I'm sure Mackenzie, just in the years that you, in the time that you've lived in Brooklyn, I'm sure you've seen less and less people who look like us just in the months that you've been there, just because at a certain point, we don't have the generational wealth and we can't sit here and yeah. say, hey, I'm going to pay this in rent reasonably. <laughs> like, no, 
can't do that. But TBD. So we will see. Um, so kind of moving on to one of our larger um, conversations. One thing that I know swept up my Twitter feed certainly last week um, was Chloe Bailey deciding to do a song with Chris Brown. The song is entitled How Does It Feel? I had to look that up on the side. I think that sparked a larger conversation about artists working with um, Chris Brown. I think this has to do with kind of music, but also culture and kind of how we respond to things. Um, does anyone want to kind of take the first stab at at least? I call uh, Cap, I call BS. I call, I like people have their favorites and choose, like y'all was just under the influence doing TikToks to the man song. Now y'all hate him. Like pick a dang on side. That's, that's what pisses me off about it. I'm not excusing like, like, and then I seen something earlier because somebody else got canceled or is about to get something. And they're like, is cancel culture only for black people? And I think it is. But nonetheless, um, no, for real, because we can we can we yeah, can go. White people cancel people. We <laughs> can go though, because whatever. Anyway, um I, mean, I, no, I like, agree. I feel like people need to get over it. I wish the song was actually good though. Like I was like Chloe for real. Like this is not even good. But that I that's I didn't that's... even listen to it, so it wasn't good. Dang, Dang so you on the no, hate bandwagon? No, I'm not on the hate. I just wasn't like into right. it. I feel like from the preview, I already kind of knew what type of song it was. I'm but also, I'm like just Chloe as an artist, do you think she's a good artist? Also, so, I do. I think she's super talented. I think, she, like, I think I'm she's talented. Like, I didn't say talented? she's talented. I said, is she a good artist? Two different I think, questions. I think the larger question I think she is her. a good artist. I just want to like I think in this this iteration of her, I would say no. I think she has all the talent to be, because um, she can make her own music, okay, she can yeah. dance, she can sing. I think she's caught. I think between kind of, I think she's just figuring herself out and caught between kind of where yeah. the culture I think wants her to be and the talent that she has don't necessarily align. Because um, I think she's, I think she's punching down below her talent, and I think that's sad, which is why I, I find it hard to listen to her. But um, boy, I couldn't see it. But with the Chris myself. Brown thing, I don't know. I just feel like has he's been making music since two, the incident happened in 2008 and he's been making music since then. And I just don't understand. Like he just did a collab with somebody a few weeks ago. Where was the outrage? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I really That's don't. Yeah. About the consistency, bro. Because like, he was just number one with Berna. Yeah. Under the influence. He and Drake. Uh, it's, I can name so yeah, many to where Chris Brown is on the song or it's his song. But this one incident, y'all want to go up and roar, like uproar. And I'm just like, I don't get it. And then for me, for me personally, if the person who was involved in the situation has moved on from it, it is then my job to move on from it because I don't think I, that, mean, I don't think that's a good standard that, for that. No, I don't, no, yeah. No, yeah, not I don't, that. Yeah. I don't think yeah, that's think not that. I think it's it. just that's like the main that's point is I just don't understand when it's not across the board. Like if this was the same right. yeah, that's, that's, that was that's going from 2008 yeah. and every time he put out music, it's like we do not mess with him. Okay. But I just feel like why is it always on the black women? That's the point I was gonna make. I feel like yeah. when like he just had other features with men and there was no outrage, like I don't understand. Yeah, I think it's like I mean, 
on the top, I wouldn't have recommended her do this. I think that would have been my first suggestion of like, this ain't it. Um, but I think to y'all's point, it's like, I think we are selectively, we selectively pick and choose who should kind of have the moral standing or moral understanding that we all think we have. And I think we oftentimes put that on black women alone with like, why didn't we ask Drake that question? Why didn't we ask all probably every other men, man who did a song <laughs> with him recently? And it's like, I think there is enough stuff there to go off of where if someone said, hey, I just don't like this person, I think that's fine. I think that's fair. Um, I think there's enough there to go off of to just say, hey, I'm just tuning this person out. But I think we, um, I think the question should be asked of Chloe, but it's sad that it's just being asked of her. I think that's that's the sad thing. I think she should answer for that, but I think we should also hold everyone else to that same standard of like, hey, Chris Brown, why did you do this? Or hey, you know, name future why did you do this hey justin bieber why did you do this like i think that's a question that should be asked of everyone too often i think when there are inconsistencies we just say why are we asking the question at all and it's like no we should just ask the question of everyone it doesn't mean that we should just like stop but like everyone should get that question um but to your point henry i think people are very selective i think the conversation about it is very like this side goes one way and the other side goes super hard the other way and then we just kind of like don't get anywhere a hundred percent agree. I, uh, whatever we can't. Boy, <laughs> I don't. I just don't agree with what he just said. Like, but not not agree with what he just said. It's but okay like, if you don't. Like it was like, I just don't get like because I was gonna ask. So people can't like redeem themselves. Um. No, I don't think it's that. But then I think it's a matter of um, there's a lot of data points between that and today that I think people could easily point to. And and I but I think also it's a matter of so redemption is necessarily become, on the that, beholder. That's, that's what I that's where I get lost in this, because it's like they only go back to that situation. Now, then there was when he was. No, dating no they don't. No, I said yeah, that's, what, that's what I was saying. Mm-mm. They only. I think the people. To- I think the people who were upset about it were pointing to a lot of other things beside that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they he's were pointing to like a lot of a data serial... points. Mm-hmm. A serial habit. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah, he's definitely a, a part of. The well, I'm not saying he's redeemed himself. I said, why can't people redeem them? In general, um, I mean, there's a lot of that's a case by case situation. But I think the yeah. first step would be if that person wants to be redeemed and is making a conscious step every single day to not be who they were in the past and that's the key people don't try to change themselves all the time right so like you know how we spoke about like it's cancer culture just a black thing or like a Mm -hmm. culture like society thing you're scared to say white (laughs) i was like what are you doing (laughs) Yeah, she said it at me anyway. Um no, I mean, I think you can hit on that where I think the sad reality is is that black people are often held to a different standard than white people and black well, women. Who holding are, them to the standard? That's that's the point I I'm think I think everyone, to. I think white people are doing that. I think and this is a clear instance, and I think Mackenzie can agree on this, is that black people are held to a different standard than white people. Black women are held to an even higher standard than black men because black women are expected to always have kind of this outstanding moral compass even though they're getting the least almost every time so i think that's the sad reality of it but i think um the question that needs to be had i think is oftentimes like not hey here are the imbalances but like 
here's the imbalances of how this white person is getting off, which means that this black person should get off. It's like, no, this white person should also be held to the same account that this person was because we're actually viewing this rationally. It's like, yeah, that doesn't just because there are other white people who were, you know, sexually abusive, that doesn't mean that R. Kelly gets to get off. It's no, that other white person should be held to the same account as R. Kelly. And it's like, we don't have to necessarily concede the moral high ground of like, just because this white person is getting off means that this black person who did something traumatic and apprehensive and terrible should go free. But like, everyone should be held to the same account no matter what. And I think too often we get into this conversation of like, because it's only happening to this black person, this person who did something that is so inexcusable needs to kind of be like forgiven. I don't think that's how that conversation should go. I think it's a matter of like, it's sad that there is a disparity between how white people and black people are, you know, prosecuted culturally, socially, and judiciously. But that also doesn't mean that the black person then who did something crazy just gets to be like, all right, in the name of mm-hmm. race, I'm good. I don't think that so way. Renting on his Instagram. What did I you say? I feel like Chris Brown renting on his Instagram. I didn't pay attention. What was I am? He said how that again. We, how are you always talking about the culture and only paying attention to the I culture? Because what did he say? He basically, nothing. He what basically he said the anti version of what I'm saying is that like y'all aren't having the same energy for insert white person, insert white person, insert white person, which gets to my point of like, you are correct. We don't, and we should <laughs> like, we should hell. They should get the same punishment that you're getting. It's sad that you're the only, it's sad that we can only kind of have, you know, cultural, you know, apprehension and cultural backlash to black people. But I mean, I'm sorry, you did something terrible. And that doesn't mean that you get to get off scot-free in the name of like some OJ shit. <laughs> like what? I didn't need to tune in for that. <laughs> I was joking. Dang. Um, Okay, go to his though. She made sense too. Here you go. A um, couple heads up, and we'll get your initial thoughts on this. Um, so, the Supreme Court is hearing opening arguments on student debt relief um, from an article I read in Vox that we can also tweet out. It seems like they made the case that's pretty convincing that Biden's student debt relief plan is actually constitutional and that he actually has the legal authority to do so, given that student loan payments were stopped. Um, so why couldn't he just, or student loan payments were paused. So what's the difference between a pause and a permanent stop if both are costing the government money, but it doesn't seem like that's going to fly. Um, any thoughts? I am personally very nervous about this and I don't, my guess would be that the Supreme Court is going to say that it's not constitutional, but, um, if, if it's not, I mean, yeah, based off the, based off the recent events from the Supreme Court and news from them, yeah, it's definitely not looking good. That would be a tragic blow to it the Biden be. administration. That's what's gonna make that's what the yeah, yeah. He didn't even get student loan, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it's, and, and the thing is, it's a Republican court that's gonna rule it unconstitutional. A Republican will get in there and wipe away the student loans. And I've always said honestly, Republicans could definitely lean into education. I feel like there's so much room for some party to really lead the educational wing within America, but well, I feel don't say like, that when you got Ron DeSantis trying to. Bl- okay, well, not like that, not like that. But I. So you might want to like, watch your words there, Miss. No, not not in that, not in that context. But I definitely felt like student loans have always been the, a part of the conversation. I was shocked that like the Republican Party didn't really try to do anything with that because the. Democrats clearly, if they don't do this, if they say that this That's is rude. anti-constitutional, yeah, that That's would be a blow to Biden administration, the Democratic Party, because somebody is going to swoop in and be able to get that done. 
or just I feel like the thing I feel like is actually kind of sad is that even if it I didn't think Biden would do this to begin with so the fact that he did it I'm actually shocked and and if it doesn't work I'll actually feel bad because then to your point Henry the conversation is going to be Biden didn't get this done when it's like actually it's not him (laughs) it's the courts Mm -hmm. but then I feel like it's on Biden and other Democrats to like do the work of like explaining who effed that up and they're not going to do that which is actually, I think mm-hmm. they're actually like shooting themselves in the foot by like not actually talking to black people consistently because they would tell them like, no, this was the courts. Like, it's not like Biden just tried this and it failed. Like there's difference here. But um, going on to another issue, um, Henry, do you want to explain why our alma mater is being sued uh, for racial discrimination? Technically not our alma mater. It's the law school, but oh, well, in the great university. Our law school is being sued by a white student who terrorized the students for two years. And when I seen this, I was like, what lawyer? And he's his own lawyer. <laughs> oh, so, he's his own lawyer. I'm dead. Useful context. No. Um, so basically, he went to Howard Law School. He was in, enrolled in school for like two years. And they expel him uh, after him doing just ignorant stuff like saying somebody died from a COVID vaccine when he didn't have the facts and responding to a whole like school thread, uh, constantly challenging like the black thought in terms of just like, like he posted a picture on Twitter and it was of a beaten slave and he was like, well, I wonder what he did to get mm-hmm. this, whatever. So he like his whole. I don't like, understand I, why he went to Howard Law. Like I. Don't so know like it that. seemed like in his head he would like change or challenge the way that black people think. I guess no. I don't know. It's all stupid. He not finna win. It's just stupid. <laughs> I actually didn't. I actually he didn't. He cost him the court money. I didn't. He cost him so money. I actually didn't know that backstory. That actually even makes this like even more hilarious to me. I didn't yeah, know. It's that. pretty embarrassing. I just, I just, my natural assumption when I read the headline was that he just like applied to the school and didn't get in. So I think he, I, my natural assumption was that he was saying like, okay, yeah, I didn't get in because I'm white. Not like I actually attended the school and I was wilding and they, what? That's even. Yeah. That, and that's what they're saying. You was wilding. We kicked you out. And now you're trying to say that differently. And then I felt like the, the attorney, the Howard attorney was like, um, well, we're going to fight vigorously to win or something like that. I'm like, they come in for that behind. Okay. <laughs> But I, yeah, it's I don't know. It's some BS, white entitlement, white privilege. But that's a, yeah, that's a mess. Henry, I will give you the floor now to talk about black TV shows and black premieres. If this is this is not my this is not my ministry. This is yours. <laughs> I'm multicultural. I can talk about politics. That I'm just well, not. I'm just playing. But let's talk about TV and movie, film. Wrap it up. Heads up. Um, what are y'all watching? Y'all, uh, Creed three is. I'm gonna out. see it on Saturday. I'm gonna see that. Yeah, I'm gonna see that. So, y'all know uh, I'm about to be front and center. What do y'all like? I guess 
Because a popular actor that's sprinkled in a few movies that are coming out that John, what's his name? Jonathan Majors. He's about to be the next Denzel. I really think the way people talk about Denzel, who are like our parents' age, Jonathan Majors, I feel like it's on the path to be because he's in everything. (laughs) Yeah, he was just in Ant-Man. He was a villain. Yeah, he was in. But like, that's what I was going to say. Did y'all go? I was going to bring up Ant-Man. But um, I didn't see it. I don't know how I feel about him yet. I'm going to be honest. I yeah, think he's, he's, he's really so good at Like when I see him in the only movie I remember seeing or something I remember him seeing seeing him in was Lovecraft. And then like that was it. So like being that he just became this hot commodity and he's now in every upcoming movie, it's just like, bro, better be like that. Cause like the last person that gassed like this was Michael B. Jordan. And like he was I think they're like totally that. different. They're totally different. I think um, I mean one was commercial, one might have talent. We'll see. I think, uh, no, I think has talent. Yeah, I think you no, should that's watch what I'm saying. Jonathan might. I said might. You should watch his first movie with Danny Glover. It's called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. That was the first time I saw him. And it's like this story about basically Danny Glover is this black man who lives in San Francisco who is basically being like gentrified from his house. And um Jonathan Majors and this other guy who I can't name who I can't remember are like his sons who are trying to like help him transition to moving somewhere else. Um and it was kind of like, obviously, before he became this big, you know, A-list kind of sex symbol movie star, but it was just kind of like, hey, he's just acting. And even in Lovecraft, I feel like was, I feel like a lot of, he doesn't get, it's so sad that Lovecraft got canceled, but I think that was actually a really, really hard role to play. And I think that I really can't see that many other actors doing as good in that role, just because I think it requires a lot of different things. Um, I think he's a really good actor. I think he's, I think he's yeah. deserving. Um Mm, we'll see if he's the jail. Um, y'all watching Harlem McKenzie? Of course, I love I Harlem. Not. I'm not. I need to. It's so good. Um, not- yeah, in the thick girl, she's dark skin. Um, I forgot her, her character's name, but she is so funny. Like, I love Harlem. Okay, I've seen like a few episodes. Pretty. I was just like moving through the list because I have like a list here. <laughs> Um, is I've seen a few episodes. Pretty good. Recommend watching. Um, Snowfall. No Snowfall. Snowfall came like right after Power, and I think Snowfall caught the residual effects of me finishing Power. I was like, I just can't do this right now. Yeah. I think I I judge Snowfall off of the finishing of Power. It just came at the wrong time. That's that's me being two totally different shows. Two totally. Everyone said that right as Power was finishing on some BS, Snowfall was starting, and I think which is why we're gonna get into BMF. But like, I can't. I just can't. I don't know why. I was just about to say, well, we're going. We're about to say BMF. That they. I like this season. I I wasn't on last season, but really, I like the first season so far better than the second one because they do a lot with Lamar. Like he came back from the dead was a bit much. (laughs) Was a bit much. (laughs) He has to be the biggest super villain. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no. That's the only part with that I'm just like, and then they just drag in the character through the season. Like, what is happening? Either kill him or get him healthy. I need something. For sure. Like, That's definitely for sure. Um, this isn't necessarily black, but Janelle Monet, she's a star in it. It's Glass of Thieves. It came out on Netflix. Like that oh, might have been the I didn't think she was in that. I, that I saw the promo for that. That might have been the best movie I, I saw of 2022. 
Bro, so might that for real? That if they don't win some uh Oscar Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about you're talking about the glass onion? Yeah, glass. Oh, I did see that. Did y'all see the first one? I like the second one better than the first one. What? Nah, the, hey, wait, no, the, the first one was, was better. Wait, wait, pause. Mm-hmm. See, now y'all put me on. It's the first one. It's called Knives Out. Daniel, the detective is also in the first yeah. one. To me, I from what I can gather. I watched the second one first. Mm-hmm. From what I can gather, it seems like whatever one you watch first is more of your favorite. So I, I personally, can, I think I can make a case for the second one just being better based on how the story unfolded. <laughs> um, both are really good, but the second one, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> the first one, I was just kind of like, "Okay, this is this is interesting." Um, no, I think Glass Onion might have been the best movie I saw of 2020. Like I was, I don't, I think that I've never been more like fixed on a movie when I was watching that. <laughs> Spoiler: the man. whole time I couldn't even get up and go to the bathroom or so. Like I was, <laughs> I was really, into yeah, it. I'm really liking murder mystery stuff, which also yeah. leads me. Y'all should watch Peacock on. Um, I mean, not Peacock. Um, it's called. Uh, dang, it's on Peacock. I forgot the name of the show. That's that. Is it about those kids that uh, like kill one of their classmates? No, it's with the girl who was, she was in Orange is the New Black. The black girl? No, she Poker Face. That's what it's called. It's called Poker I Face. Tried to I tried to start. I, that. Good? Is I it like good? it. Each episode is different. It's a murder mystery type of show. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah, murder mystery like, has really taken over by storm these last couple of years. Yeah, and like horror, I feel like it's back. I just watched Megan. Um, oh, was, how was that? We liked it. It was good. It it was enough. Like at first, we were kind of like, let's see where this goes. But as you're going through it, you're like, yo, this shit is kind of this shit is kind of wild. It's um, streaming, right? What's the name? Peacock. Peacock. No, it's on. It's either on no Paramount. It's on. No, it's on Peacock. It's or on like Peacock. HBO. Yes. No, it's on Peacock. Because I saw. I, yeah. Um, Henry, do you, Henry, do you have anything else on your list? Um, I just started it's watching. No, Since we're talking about murder mysteries, truth be told, um, on Apple TV, it's slow at first, but the more I'm watching it, I've slowly gotten into it. Octavia, uh, Spencer, she's in it, and then Gabrielle joins like this season. She comes along. I haven't got to that part yet, but but it's pretty decent murder mystery type vibes. Hmm. No, nah, there are a couple shows I need to watch. I recently started watching Godfather Harlem, which is really good to me. Ooh, I need to get into. Okay, that. so like, do you actually met like like that or? I nah, liked but, it. I mean, I haven't. I'm I not like caught it. Up. I think I especially like because I'm I've gone to Harlem and I'm kind of familiar with it. Um, I think it adds like an intrigue to it where you're like, I know exactly the place that they're talking about, or like I've been to that place. Um, I think it's like it's a good bit of like history that's not like actually out of reach, which I think too often black movies do where they talk about something that you're just like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on here, but um, it's good. It's a good bit of history that I think is often like not told. And it's also like kind of real because you could be like, yo, I can actually like go visit that place. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other stuff am I watching? One thing I am very excited for, um, I don't know when it's coming back. I hope it comes back soon. Um, black Lady Sketch Show. I love that show. I'm hoping that comes back <laughs> soon. Um, other than that, I haven't really been like watching like I've been watching movies more than like shows recently. That's I think has been my has been my thing. I need to I'm still pissed about Lovecraft Country. I need a good explanation from HBO of why that show was not renewed for a second season. I think Oprah, 
show as a whole, because I when you were you brought the black lady sketch show that made me think of Easton. I'm like, damn, what is she doing right now? Um, but she's mainly producing other shows. Like her, the person who played her brother is going to get his own show, not like as a spinoff of her his character on the show, but like he's getting his own centered show about like him. Um, oh, as like a Haitian, I think it's this, the plot. Wait, of well, who's hosting it? Because I guess that's my thing. Of uh, it's kind of like his own. It's basically like swap out Issa for him, and it's kind of like his story. I, I get that, but what I'm asking here is where is it going to stream or be placed? Or uh, according to what I read, HBO. Well, that becomes confusing because how is HBO Max? I don't know. They were supposed to be going out of business. They canceled them. My dogs was getting a check over there on Sweet Life, and they're going to cancel it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm avoiding the bait there. But um, <laughs> what I will say is that the actual interesting thing, as someone who's worked for a TV company, um, streaming services don't make money. They're just like an offshoot for the companies just to have something. But like they're paying all this money for content that like people rarely watch and the content that people do watch is largely not because they're paying for it on their own. It's like, Hey, I have this service. Okay. Mackenzie has this service. Share me on that password. Henry has this service. It's like, yeah, eight people are watching Henry's uh paramount, but he's the only one paying hey, for speaking it. Speaking of that, y'all seen how Netflix changed their mind on that uh, password. Yeah, I did. I did. Cause <laughs> they knew that they were like, all right, we'll do without <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, but I think that goes to show is that like, I think, um, all of these streaming services, like I think if, like for instance, how many, um, Mackenzie, how many streaming services do you alone pay for? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her? <laughs> Did you see her? None. How many do I have? I have quite a lot. All, you got all, all of them. them. Cause she be bullying them. me all the time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> all of them. Henry, how many do you have that you pay for? That is ridiculous. Mackenzie is the plug. <laughs> you know, I'm about to text Mackenzie for a stars account after this. Right? Her laugh was so funny, bro. I'm like, hey, none. You don't do that. <laughs> Henry, how many do you have? One. Which one is that? Uh, Hulu. Same. Ash and I only have Hulu. We pay for Hulu. I'm about yeah. to get rid of it, though, because nothing. it used to be something on there. Ain't nothing on there now. Because if you I'm, get a bundle, it's if you get a bundle, it's good. What bundle? You get that and HBO. I see. I'm a, I supposed to get HBO for free, but AT and T be messing up my app, so I had to upgrade to HBO on Hulu because I wanted to watch a movie. I don't remember what movie. Hey, these screaming app. I'm just playing because hire me for your media. You know, I'm just playing, you know. This is actually this is actually the last. This is the last question I'll ask you on this because I actually think this is something that I'll put on YouTube. Um, I saw um, people who did a streaming service draft. If you had to pick your top two streaming apps, meaning that you can just have the content available on these two streaming apps, what would be your first? Wait, wait hold on. Are you asking me any content ever on these two? If you if if you could just download one streaming app and you had to say I am only getting the content on these and that's it which ones would you pick and there seemed to be a very uniform number one choice and I actually agree with them <laughs> um 
I mean, by default, it will be HBO. But yeah, Loki Peacock, Peacock has some good stuff on there. Well, honestly, well, well, am I missing something right I now? I like Peacock. Wait, okay, maybe I misunderstood a question. Are we talking and about Bel Air is on Peacock? That's the only thing. Oh, we didn't talk about. Oh, Bel Air just came back too. Bel Air is. Good. Oh, I'm tripping. I'm tripping, y'all. My bad. Y'all, you no, you don't watch Bel Air, do you? We've talked about this at length. I'm not gonna rehash. <laughs> oh, uh, Bella, he's so anti the cool stuff. Oh no! <laughs> not, I, I just can't. And the reason why I don't do it is because Bel Air was my favorite show growing up, and that was like my favorite show. Will Smith no, allowed no. him Woods to I'll run. Hey, let me finish. Bel Air was my favorite show, and that was like my like feel good show. So. Bel Air being something different that has to do with like actual like struggle and coming of age. I don't have time for that. I want to be. I want to enjoy the things that I do. Whatever. Y'all not going to steal. As a as a fan of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I am a person who thoroughly enjoys the recast or whatever. Maybe because I'm a media person too, but I I'm enjoying how they're taking the context and changing it and making it a real story that you can draw emotion i don't need that in my life right now i want to feel good i want to laugh i don't i don't need you're not you're not crying whatever no once i saw carlton or somebody was like addicted to like pills i was like all right i'm good i'm good i don't need this not now in my life anyway uh choose as your number one mackenzie gave me her answer which is also linked to mine i think hbo is the obvious number one choice how Uh, why because it lags all the time because it's hbo they have that internet not good don't blame hbo for your internet not being good hbo (laughs) is not they never they don't have no content you're wilding you're actually wilding like euphoria Last of like Us. Like the actual classic shows that went critically acclaimed shows. HBO has yeah. literally like if you just stacked up HBO Wire, shows, it's Game of Thrones. Even not even close. Yeah. Like, okay, guys. Um, we can wrap this up. What would be your pick? You never said what, what your, your pick favorite was. moment from Battle no, Black what, what, what would your pick be? I was gonna say Netflix off the capabilities aspects because like Netflix that's a good number two. No, that's Netflix. I'm, I'm thinking capabilities. That's why I said maybe I did, didn't understand the question because Netflix for me, it automatically comes with no commercials. They ask you before they just cut your stuff off. And then like, it's a lot of quality content and like, it's you can just go in there and find anything type of thing. Like, so if you're just adding more to that pal, why not? Um, And then like, it's cost efficient. It's only like, what well i don't pay so i don't know See, but, you... <laughs> it started out as ten dollars it might be like 15 now do you remember when netflix used to bring the dvds to your house no my dad used to yes have my dad Bro, used so to, have to his point i used to like do movie nights in high school and it was one time and that's when i found out they did the house thing i wanted to watch a certain movie and we had to order it before because it wasn't yeah. And it would come in like a thin, like translucent red disc. And then you would have to like slap the label on it and send it back. That was how they first did shit. They would literally, that Netflix was like the follow-up to Blockbuster. My dad had Netflix and I was like, how are you getting these movies in like a day? Or Redbox was like yeah. Redbox, the yeah, soft remember. launch to that. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Um, 
All right, I think it's a good place to end. Um, well, Black History Month ended. Um, I'm going to convince No, myself. what was your favorite moment from Black History Month? Because you guys have to catch our recap on TikTok. Beyonce winning. Uh, Beyonce becoming a historical figure. By who? The Grammys. She's the most awarded. Oh, oh okay. I, I thought she had like gotten the award for like historical figure. I like. Oh, no. <laughs> You're hilarious. Um. I don't have one. I'm sorry. That sounds so bad. I'm really trying to think of one. I guess like Rihanna performing at the Grammys, I guess, but I don't. The Super Bowl. Uh, wait, well, like, can we recap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. Y'all y'all talk amongst yourselves. I don't have to say. Wait, did y'all like her performance? Because a lot of people said it was underwhelming. I thought I mean, it was, it was underwhelming. I thought it was underwhelming, but I mean, she's pregnant, so I'm not going to like, <laughs> not going to. I'm not gonna beat her up for it. I was expecting a little bit more. I thought it came and went, but I mean, like, yeah. it's better than having Sting. So, like, hello. Yeah. And then is it is she like she didn't collab with anybody? Is that a new thing? Because I know in most years they make you collab with a white artist. The funny thing is, I actually believe she has the discography to not do it. Like yeah, she can just go hit by time. herself. I just think like she just didn't move. Like she just yeah. like she just said, you know what. I'm pregnant. I'm going to stand on this X and you know what? I'm going to get my million dollars and I'm going to go back to my child. And you know what? I'm not mad at her for that. That is black history. Okay. Well, well man, thanks for tuning in. This has been season three, episode nine. Uh, don't know what we'll call this episode, but I'll figure out a title after a little bit. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, be sure to listen, subscribe uh, and like on all of our streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where our numbers are going up. So thank you for all of our listeners who especially be tuning in and going in on our shorts. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media. That includes Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Special word about the TikTok. I'm going off the rails here. Y'all be talking to us crazy in these comments, and it actually be bothering my spirit. Y'all <laughs> actually be out here every time we say anything. They be out, yo. Conservatives really be fucking with us. And that's just go to our TikTok at WRGOPod just to see how they be talking about it. One day, Mackenzie Henry and I are going to respond and y'all aren't going to like it. But we digress. So thank you everyone for watching and be sure to check out all of our latest content. <laughs>